the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Back in it, waist deep, full of black-eyed peas, ready for the mustard new year. Green. Don't forget the mustard greens. Well, everybody has their own. All day. You, you got All mustard day. greens. You got, you know, got to have cornbread to represent uh, gold and prosperity and da 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 I, I, mean, look like the bear, I look like the grizzly bear on the fresh moose kill yesterday with my mama's pot of mustard greens. Ah, man, I mean, it's, uh, it's. Don't know anything about that. Oh, dude. Tell me anything about what? You, if you eat those, you will see God. You don't wait. You know, the New Year's traditions, you don't have any New Year's uh, traditions that you do. It's a Southern thing yeah, where you're I, supposed I, to have, I, what is it I'm called? Sh- I'm sure it's different than you guys. What's it, what's it called? The, 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 the black eyed peas? No, so and the, the black eyes are for. It's like Billy Jack. What's it called? There's a certain name uh, for it. The, well, no, they I, look No, don't look at me like that. There's hey, a stupid name for Q it. And Red the, Mac doesn't know. The cornbread was for Billy, gold. Billy or, the cornbread's for gold. Yeah. The mustard greens was for money, for wealth. Uh, the black eyed peas and hog jaw was. Oh, God. I can't remember. My daughter and my daughters, my mother was educating my daughters on all this stuff yesterday because she was telling them you don't wash on New Year's Day because if you wash, there's going to be a death in the family. Uh, well, that one there I broke because I ain't going without an updating shower. Yeah, me too. <laughs> no, you clothes, wash clothes. Oh, well, that one, yeah, I oh. can do that and easily. Easy so, peasy. But now, wait a minute, because there is a name for it when it's black eyed peas, rice, and tomatoes, and uh, whatever there's. Billy v- vegetarian diet? No, it's uh, hop- Oh, you t- talking about Hoppin' John? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, oh, yeah, Hoppin' John. This is all new to me. Yeah, Hoppin' John. Son. I know it was one of those things like Billy Jack or something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> it's like I'll, uh, all I'll, I know I'll is tell you guys my traditions when you're over. We would always just have black eyed peas and rice. That was always the thing. We didn't do all the other mustard green. Now cornbread was always involved. No, mustard but, man. That's uh, greens that, were never involved. I, that that is. Yeah, I look forward to New Year's just for that reason. Wow, I didn't know that. Oh man! So what? Did, what did, on the Cuban side? What do they do New Year's Day? We, uh, we hangover do, stuff. What no, we, we we do mojitos. Like, we do at night. You know, like just right after the New Year, we do twelve grapes. You know, one Diego. Is that all true? Did we, Grandma get you in on that? We do. Uh, we do twelve grapes. He's shaking his head. Yes, and we do uh, like a like a drink, you know, like a well, that's what I'm saying. It's sangria the same, yeah. or something like that. You know, what's champagne. The 12, what's or whatever. the twelve gra- grapes represent? One for each month. Oh, okay. You know, then we we throw a pot of water out the front door of the house and all that. That's to the wash come water. Come on, brother, chime that's in. To, that's to like Tell rid, rid, rid everything. You know. Yeah. Rid all the so throw it out with the bath water. Yep. Pretty much. Did your grandma do that? I mean, it's pretty much the same. We do the grapes. The next day, we have a soup. Like menudo? I can't remember what the soup is called. And then me and my dad and my brother, we'll usually take a suitcase and we'll walk around the neighborhood to, like, uh, to like symbolize that we want to go traveling. 
Like it's like a really. Cool. See, everybody has cool Dude. stuff that they weird stuff that they do. That one there, I've never heard of, and that's actually pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, can, will your backpack work? I mean, I guess anything you travel with would work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Now see now what if you like said I wanted to go on a great travel hunt and you walked around the neighborhood with a backpack and a rifle. I'm sure some people would be a little sketched out, but <laughs> <laughs> everybody's got their own thing. So. Yeah, it's like yeah. and your neighbors are going, What are you doing? I'm wishing for a good uh moose uh hunt in Alaska. I'm trying to get her for this year. Why are you walking around in 90-degree weather in Antarctic uh, boots and... Got my raven gear on. Because I want to go to Alaska. Alaska. I'm trying to lose weight. (laughs) Got to get an 80-inch moose up there. You know, that kind of thing. I've I've, I've heard the bathwater one, but I've never heard of the the suitcase one. Have you ever heard of the suitcase one? No, but everybody does their own... You know, everybody has their own derivatives. Sometimes we throw an egg. You know what I mean? Each person will throw an egg. Into the I've front never yard? An egg in my life. Well, like into the street. But, but you know, that's for just. That that's just. Uh, oh, no, sorry. That's Halloween. Sorry. I got that. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just joking, man. Usually I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for, like, <laughs> you, you have my interest. Like, okay. I saw you. I'm just interested because is this, uh, is, a, this, is, a, is this a Cuban tradition? Is that what the, the grapes are? Or is this a, a Latin uh, I think I think it's more of a culture thing. I, I think no. You mean as in a Latin culture or as in a Cuban? They culture? always no. I think I mean look, Diego's because, not Cuban, but they do the grapes. I mean, but it's just a thing. To they don't do. grow grapes in Cuba. So uh, where did the grape tradition come from? It had to come from somewhere else. I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. It might be Spain. Had might to be, be like a, a Spain might thing. Might be a Spanglish thing. I don't know. Spain. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm just hey, I, ever hey, since but, I was hey, a kid. Know, I remember, and I hated grapes. And the ones my mom used to buy weren't the seedless because I don't think they. So I hated muscadines. Them. Yeah, now you know we get the seedless, so yeah, I'll, I'll eat them. You know, or you can always do raisins. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Diego's like what? Ah, blows the whole reason, man. Now that goes in the picadillo. Some people put that in there. Yeah, what, you don't have no idea. Well, what and <laughs> what's cool? Yeah, it means park in the back. You got a member picadillo, or you probably got to think too. What's cool about it is y'all's. Y'all's heritage, our heritage, and everything else. Everybody here is pretty much an immigrant in the United States, so it's like cool to see how all the traditions—I don't want to say morph or whatever—to what where you come from or what you do. Like ours, of course, a lot of ours and my family is yours too. Is a lot of the farming and the ranching and stuff like that. There was a lot of different things that people would do for based on the harvest and everything else. And that was always cool to research and find out, okay, why why or how did this start? And you know, It's crazy. How it uh, got Americanized. It's like, uh, you know, king cake. When you bring up king cake to people, they're like, yeah. I don't know what that is. And wait, there's a baby in it? And you're like, yeah, there's a baby. Well, the Black Eyed Peas, I know that uh, uh, our house uh, people that used to work in the houses and the ranches out there that would uh, help us out, all the ranch hands, all that stuff, they had their own. They had to put a, you'd put a, a penny or a dime in with the uh, black-eyed peas. And, uh, yeah, whoever it was kind of like a king kick. Whoever got it in their bowl, you know, would give them good luck for the year, the year and that kind yeah. of thing. Oh, it's like my brother like, on his rice balls. I'm yeah. like, dude, if you were wolfing that down in a hurry, next thing you're like, dang, was there a bone in there? Was there a bone in them hog joke? Like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. got to come out. So, Oh, dude, you must have got the pain. dime. 
Made some money. Yeah, the hard way. <laughs> three, three the hard way. You're going to be rich tomorrow. You'll see it in about 12 hours. <laughs> You're going to be a dime richer tomorrow. Oh, see, it's already paying off. All right, we are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by... You can go buy a moon pie. <laughs> Not no more. Our good friends over at uh, Brandon Ford. Go see him today. Lots of great year-end deals. Always got deals over there. Brandon Ford, go see him today. We'll be back. game at Eric's house. Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Jonathan, and Carlos starting off the new year here in the studio along with Diego. Uh, good news out of the uh, for the new year with the pandemic doing what it's doing, supposedly. One bright spot, I will say, as Jonathan brought up last Told hour. You. 2020 has revived the once dying sport, I hate it when they refer to it as a sport, of hunting. So after decades of uh, declining numbers of hunters, record state record surges for hunting licenses uh, have gone up around the country. Is it all, all the kinds. states, Brandon? All of the states? A lot of the states pretty much anywhere where hunting is is legal has been going up even in California. Getting, getting all kinds of requests for hunts. Yeah. And first timers too. Wow. And, and the nice. thing is is what he just said right there, believe it or not, almost uh 14% of all the new of all the licenses sold were all first time new hunters who've never The lady that I posted the other day on uh, Family Heritage shot her first shot at her first two deer. She uh her and her husband, they killed some I mean, they had a really good time, but that was her first hunt. And, you know, she even said to me, she's like, I can see now why, you know, the guys always liked going to hunting camp and like doing the stuff like this and everything else. And, you know, that made me feel good. Well, look, I mean, <clears throat> Marisol killed that almost 10-foot gator a mm -hmm. couple years ago. My wife has never hunted once in her life. Yeah. You're, and, well, and after yeah. twenty something years, she finally went. We took her out, Bill, me, Bill, and uh, George, and they. We had a. She's funny, all right. So it was it was a fun time. Oh, I could see <clears> the <throat> two of them. I, believe me, that would be definitely. I want to see the GoPro footage of your wife and Bill in the same boat with each other. No, it was actually pretty disturbing because he was like, "Okay, you scrambled the brain enough. That that's enough." And she was like, eh, da, 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 da. No, "Well, just, I'm just saying." And I was like, "Okay, it's dead. It's I'm dead." Not, I'm not saying the hunt part of it. I'm saying the banter back and forth oh, between God, the two of them. Bill, Bill, and George. I mean, they loved every second of it. She's a hoot, you know. She, no, I know she, she is. She doesn't hold back. There's no filter there. Women know? are actually the largest growing demographic. Yep. In the number of licenses for women, jumped more than twelve percent. Over the uh, previous year. Wow. So uh, they were always, always worried. We, how, how many times did we hear, oh, hunting, is, they're going to age out. You know, they're going to, you know, it's going to be old guys out there. And then ultimately, they're going to they're gonna age out and all that stuff. And I said, I always said, you got to have faith in, in, in what's going on. My kids, your kids, 
they're going to be a generation of hunters, even if they don't pursue them till maybe later on in life when they bring their kids Bad. into it. Uh, they may not do it through their college years, or they may not do it through their military careers, or whatever it is. But they'll come back. They yeah. always come back, and you always come back to it. Even you know, Steve was in here the other day announcing, "I don't go hunt anymore. I don't kill anything anymore. I don't do anything." Hey, Steve, you want to go fishing next Wednesday? Where? Where do you want me to go? Where are you going? I mean, there, you're always going to be there. And what did he say? I'll go tag along. To the squirrel hunt? Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I'll go tag along and do all that stuff. So it's not that they want to get out of it completely, and you never will get out of it completely. Uh, you, may, you know, you may be, any, be like, uh, you know, old Roy, who ends up at deer camp that does all the cooking and makes the coffee. Well, it's still it's, part of it. You get yeah. to that point to sure. where you enjoy it for, I mean, it, it's like me with outfitting stuff. Last night, the uh, we were at the ranch. We went hunting. Went down there and spent time with mom and dad for New Year's, and we went hunting at the ranch. Well, uh, just say it that the two younger hunters decided that they got the buggy stuck, so they had to get the buggy unstuck. So Jonathan used that as a rite of passage to, okay, he's that way 300 yards, so my daughter took it upon herself to go over there and help him get the buggy unstuck. So I actually got to sit in a tree stand by myself for the first time in I don't know how many years and saw some deer and just sat there and chilled out. And, you know, but it was, it's, it's weird when you get to a certain point where it's like, we've talked about this before you get to a certain point where it's like you go out and your mindset is wired to, okay, I got to put meat in the freezer. I got to put meat in the freezer. I got to put meat in the freezer. And it was just cool to sit there. I mean, just just to sit. (laughs) And not have to do anything if you didn't want to. Yeah, I mean. And and I I think a lot of older hunters, uh, I don't put myself in that category, but a lot of ones that I've been around, it's a day of uh, reflection where they can sit there. And I know my dad still does it. He goes out and he'll make us sit on a stump with a 30-30 across his lap. And he may see 20 deer, and he'll not shoot one of them. He's just like, man, I was just enjoying the moment. I saw these had these two does that came out, and they ate over here for about a half hour, and then a little young buck came in, chased them around for a while, and I got to sit there and watch the whole damn thing. And, uh, you know, and I found me a good uh, squirrel hunting spot because I'm going to go back out there next Saturday and bust me a bunch of squirrels. (laughs) He talks talks about Maris like Lori, same way. Lori will go out there with a book and all that, and she'll tell – I mean – her, as I call it, the mom crew, you know, that they all hang around and everybody, and everybody asks her, they're like, well, why do you go hunting? And she's like, well, why don't you? Because, you know, she goes out there and she sits just like you say about your dad. She likes going out there and I like seeing it from her standpoint because she didn't start hunting until we got together. And she goes out there and just sits back with a book. Because it's peaceful. and Or whatever and just and reflects and enjoy it. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, does she stack them up like cordwood? Yeah, normally when you hear the gun go off and you know that's the direction she's sitting, I know I've got something to skin. Yep. But, you know, that's, <laughs> that was <laughs> We were sitting there one time, and Ava was just giving her grief about something, and she went out. We were sitting, and we were sitting a couple hundred yards down, hear a gunshot, get out, go down there, pick her up, I pull up, pull up with the Arctic cat. She's sit, still sitting in the ladder stand. I look up. And I just peek my head out from underneath the uh, the roof of the Arctic Cat, and I go, where is it? Like that. And she just does it. She's sitting there with a book open, reading the book. She goes like this. She doesn't even doesn't even like look. She just points. 
big old fat doe laying over there like that. And I just turned around and looked at Ava. I said, one day you will get to that level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He'll get there one day. Ava said that word. Well, there's, well, there's, well, there's an estimated over a million new hunters that are hitting the woods wow. this coming hunting season wow. that will be out there this that, year. That is amazing, actually. In one year. And, uh, you know, of course, those million are going to, you know, you tell two friends and then they tell two friends. And, or they take somebody. But the thing is, is what I think a lot of it, I, I know we play an ad for it. just because We don't get paid for it or anything, but it's just a PSA that we like to play about how many uh, billions of dollars are pumped into each and every state just through licensing and all the other stuff. And I really don't think that uh, as hunters or even lay person who maybe not hunt, maybe do a little fishing every once in a while, uh, the fact is, is that no matter what the vegans say, no matter what the animal rights people say, no matter what any of these organizations tell you, hunters remain the nation's most dedicated, number one conservationists when it comes to land and when it comes to wildlife. Oh, you mean we actually put our money where our mouth is. And that is exactly where I was going, because you got to remember that we are the only organization or at least free people who voluntarily tax ourselves every single time <laughs> we buy something. We buy something. <clears throat> and we don't have any no one has ever complained Let's about Robertson, the money going Robertson Pittman. The Pittman yeah. Robinson Act, yeah. you know, and the money that goes in there. Every cooler, binoculars, tent, ammo, gun, all that stuff, everything goes in to this little slush fund and that gets divided up through the states right. for wildlife. And it gets done and then we're talking multi-billions of dollars every single year. Not, now, to, not to mention our license sales, you know, and, and exactly. any, anything else that we do, uh, uh, all the charity yeah. events. When, when, there, there's one thing, you know, when you get into a cop's face and you go, well, I pay my property taxes, I pay your taxes, I, I pay your, pay your salary. salary, you know, and all that stuff. When it comes to FWC, we really do pay their salary. When it comes to the outdoors in general, for the state, like you just said, for exactly. the whole country. Exactly, and and I and I think that's one of the problems that I have with the word stakeholder, and I hear people and I see people post it on social media all the time. If you are a person who uses a management area, I don't care if it's for horseback riding, bird watching, hiking, uh, going out just to go walk around, you should be required to buy a management stamp just like I do if I'm going to go use it. I, I I must agree with that because I'm a guy that goes to a lot of management areas. And I, I, I buy my sportsman's license every year, whether I'm going to hunt or not. You know, same thing. For a few years, not duck hunting, but I bought a stamp, you know, just to support it. Sure. Well, and But that, what always gets me is that when you meet somebody and it's the old crossovers, you know, when you're walking through the woods with a rifle and all of a sudden you come upon, you know, some hikers or something and they're walking through. They're like, <gasps> and they're like, what What are you doing out here? And you're like, I'm, I'm deer hunting. It's hunting season? And you're like, yeah. And they go, what? We're out here walking around, and there's people out here with guns. Oh, my God. It's like this Have clash. Have you been shot yet? It's like this clash. And then, then they go, well, I don't really think that's a good idea. You shouldn't be out here with a firearm. I go, this, a friend of mine, Jason, actually did this. He goes, I paid to be out here. Did you pay to be out here? Because I'm paid to be out here. I paid someone to be out here on this piece of property during this time of the year to go deer hunting. Well, did you pay to be here? Because I paid for it. You just came out and did it. And obviously you didn't check the, you know. The dates, maybe? Yeah. I don't check, know. You didn't check the brochure or you didn't go online to find out that maybe you should be wearing orange or maybe maybe you shouldn't be walk, trampling around through here, 
you know, messing up somebody else's, you know, legal hunt that they paid for, basically. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and, like, we were talking, me and Carlos were talking about it, and being a private landowner and the time and the stuff that we put into, you know, the time that I put into the property that I know I won't see it or I won't, you know, I might not reap the benefits of it, but I know other people will. I mean, that's one thing that makes me want to go out and do it. And that's what drives me crazy with a lot of these people that they, you know, they give you the whole, well, this is mine too. And you kind of want to look at them and say, okay, well, what skin do you have in the game? None. I mean, and that's, and don't get me wrong. And that's like you said, I thank the good Lord every day for people like Bill and Chuck and all those guys that are a voice for us at these commission meetings and the places like that. But it drives you crazy because what you could see if we could ever just everybody get together and get along with each other. <laughs> well, and I hate to say it. It always goes back to me for that stance, and you've said it's the same thing too. If the outdoor community as a whole ever came together, um, I hate to break it to you, PETA, and all the rest of them, y'all wouldn't stand a snowball's chance in you-know-where of anything. That's true. Period. And, and you know. Because <laughs> we pay for everything. <clears throat> Sorry. Well, you added a million new hunters on the rolls. And three million fishing licenses up, wow. so you got more than, uh, than last year. Wow! So that's like right the there. gun stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> First time guys out there buying. Three million people went out there, go to experience fresh fish. All right, Breaking Wild Outdoors taking a break. It is uh, the Big and Wild brought to you by what? What? Brandon Ford. We'll be back. <laughs> Everybody, good morning, happy new year! It is a big and wild outdoors. Thank you for getting up and uh, all hanging the out with we us. We talk about off there, yeah. <clears throat> Thank you for joining us this morning on this Saturday morning. Braden's fresh. Is the fog burned off? It's still looking pretty kind of yeah. misty out there. It's I don't foggy. think it's burned off yet. Stay home till I travel across the bridge. But don't we have another front pushing through tomorrow? I think we do. I think yep. we got a... It's going to be in the 40s, man. We're on the, the roller coaster. It's going to be in the evening, though. So uh, yesterday, with the house all shut up, I took the uh, clothes and windows and all that stuff, and I heard this weird sound that I hadn't heard in a couple of weeks, and I was like, what is, what is that noise? Hey, you got the fan on in that room? No, dude. Oh, crap. The AC. Air conditioner kicked on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, first time it's kicked on in like two weeks. It's like, wow, oh, the thermostat works. I got my electric bill from the Duke. And uh, <laughs> and uh, guess what my electric bill was last month? Take a guess. 200 What do you think it was, Jonathan? What do you got? How big a house? 
I don't know. It's like what sixty-seven thousand square feet, something like that. Hmm. That means he has two units. Yeah, I'd say probably close to. You the, really think I live in a house that has sixty-five thousand square feet? I mean, that'd be Shaquille O'Neal's garage. <laughs> Seriously, bro. No, I'd say two two fifty. No, that's about average. When my air conditioner is running, is about two thirty. Dude, I almost fell out of my chair. Eighty-seven bucks. Wow. Eighty-seven dollars. Got a little extra cash to go to the little lamb now. I think so, man. Uh, Eighty-seven bucks. I was like, "What the?" Ours is ridiculous. Did I get the right? Did you get the mail out of the neighbor's box again? (laughs) Dude, ours is like four hundred bucks a month. And uh, Marisol and Marisol's like, I don't want to give my paycheck back to Lakeland Electric. <laughs> and, and that's going up this year too, isn't it? I think uh, I think the Duke is the only one that was uh, said they were going to go down this year. But uh, anyway, <sighs> it was just nice. And now that we have another cold front pushing through, it's going to be in the evening. So if you're planning on doing some fishing or something tomorrow, one of you new three million members of the fishing community, I'd say uh, today and tomorrow would probably be. A not-so-bad day to do it with this little warming trend that we have going on. Was that here in Florida, though, Brayden? Three million in Florida? No, it was around the world. It was around the country. Oh, okay. All right. I was going to say, But still, that's a lot when you think about it. Uh, You know, that's... uh, Hey, that's four four million new people uh, outdoors. Well, you know, you got to kind of include that in with the almost eight million people who are first-time firearms buyers. So I'm sure a lot of those are also maybe people who decided to buy a gun that they want to go out and do some hunting with, Yep, nice. which is all good. And well, you see, everything, everything, there's always good that comes out of the bad. Like, I try to reflect on, oh, 2020, there was a lot of good things for us in 2020, you know what I mean? And there was a lot of challenges as well. You always got to try to look for the good, you know? And you know what? I, I My kids and I had this discussion when... Uh, you know, you were watching anything on TV. If you got anything from any news agency or uh, any of the rocking New Year's as you were flipping through the channels, you'd always get that where it's like, I am so done with 2020. I am so glad this is over. It's been a miserable year. It's just been hard. Dude, it has been no different than any other year except for the fact that we had COVID involved in it. Yeah, I mean, hey. Anything else, uh, if you took that out of the inqu- uh, the equation, then your year wouldn't have been probably so bad. Hey, we had a great, I mean, the, the last month of the year w- was great. I mean, my daughter graduated from college from St. Leo. You know what I mean? She got engaged, and she, you know, she launched her business like uh, three months ago. And it's doing really, really well. Yeah. You know? In, in a pandemic. Yeah, in a pandemic. She's got like 800 Instagram followers. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, there's a lot of good, you know, you, there's always a lesson in things. You know that what I mean? That is true. And and I agree. And I told my kids, I said, look, you got to remember, we're here tonight on New Year's Eve. We're lucky to be here. There are a lot of people who didn't get to see this night. Yeah, you didn't get sick. Or, you you know, know, we didn't we didn't lose anybody, uh, mm-hmm. you know, family-wise or anything <laughs> else like that for the year. It's been a fun year. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> fill in for you. So. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, we had some great times. You got your first hog, you know. I mean, there's you think about all the firsts that we've had for this past year. It, it's And yeah. don't look at it in a negative way. You got a year's worth of life, and you got a new start on a new year right now. And it's all good. Well, you know, I mean, we have to look at it that way. And I think that a lot of people, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people out there who are hurting really bad. There's a lot of people who are suffering. And 
a lot of people who are, uh, you know, waiting for money to fall out of, uh, you know, heaven, Washington, and uh, try to help them out and do all that kind of good stuff. But you know what? The world's still turning, and uh, babies are still being born, and it's all good. It's not going to stop. It, it, it's, it's not. I mean, uh, now if it was Ebola spreading through the world like wildfire, we may have some real concerns, at least in my humble opinion. That's just the way I look at it. If your biggest thing to worry about is fireworks going off around your condo in St. Petersburg, then your year hasn't been that cruddy. Uh, Seriously. How do I say this the right way? Some of my family members call me the, I'm a little annoying when it comes to optimistic or optimism or whatever, but uh, as I always joke with my wife and tell her, take, but I heard a pastor say this, take. 15 seconds and look around and you can probably find somebody in a little worse situation than you are a lot worse and realize just how fortunate I mean and I can sit here saying this with the stuff that I went through this year personally that uh yeah <laughs> it can it can be uh life can get interesting I tell you what <laughs> and, you, and you look at everything a little different you know what I mean you look I don't at know things how, differently I don't know how many times this this past year that uh, the voice of my mother, you know, I lost her a few years ago, but the things that she used to say, yeah. the, the things that she used to say that when you were a kid, you were like, yeah, you know, whatever, blah, 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 that you don't learn about until as you get older in life. Things like you don't know how lucky you are to be as healthy as you are. You know, something like that. Just something, mm-hmm. a name that your mom would say to you, and you're like, yeah, 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 you know, whatever. You know, when you look around and you see all the other things. And so I'm, I've turned into my mother, you know, this past year when I'd look at my kids and go, hey, you don't know how lucky you are, you know, to have this or to be able to go do this or be able to do that. You know, be thankful what you have and, and be able to enjoy it, what you get to do. Because, and it blows their mind because I say things like, remember, Barrett, you went out, you got a gun, your own gun. You went out with one of the greatest people on the planet you shot a nice hog. There's people who are going to live their entire lives and die and never get to do what you just did today. Yep. Never. Never get that opportunity. While, and while, you got to be thankful pull, of While it. pulling out a peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> and crackers, <laughs> <laughs> which I love that story, man. That's a great story. You want a and you got it on video, too, which is great. Bill, Bill got it on video. You want a cracker? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, polite. Anyway, <laughs> I'm thankful for the past year, and I, I'm like uh, Carlos. I tried to look at all the silver linings. I know there's misery, and I know there's pain, but there always has been in life. It's never gone away. It always will be here. Uh, somebody will always be going bankrupt. Someone will always be sick. Someone will always be dying. And it's just it's one of those things where <clears throat> I know it affects a lot of people personally. And uh, I got a friend of mine that I've known for years already uh, for for many, many years through the radio business. Uh, she's in a hospital right now with COVID. She's in day two. Uh, you know, she was having a little coughing and didn't feel right in the chest, and they brought her in. Of course, they're like, COVID, get in the bed. And uh, so she's on day two and already wanting to get out. You know, feels healthy <laughs> enough to go, you know what? Maybe I made a mistake. I'm all good. Just give me some stuff and I'll go home. You know, and they're like, oh, well, we can't do that Sounds right like now. somebody about a week and a half ago who said he wasn't going to the hospital and was told. Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those <laughs> Either things. Either you're going or you're, you go by a choice or we're going to make you go. 
But I, I, you know, I'm happy to see how many people are optimistic about the coming year. And uh, even with friends and family and some people I barely know that we're friends with on Facebook are all seem very optimistic and, you know, want to go out and make this a great year and, and catch up. You know, we saw what we went through last year, and this year we're going to just, you know, power through it and do what we got to do. Yep. Don't take things for granted. I, I, I'm with you on that. All right. When we come back, I want to run down this list and get your opinion on it. The 10 most iconic handguns designed of all time. That's a pretty bold statement. Oh, I know one or two of those. We'll see. You know what? Why don't you write them down? We'll see if they're on the list. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll get to the list when we get back. text during the break. I wonder if it's Bill George because I said the word we're going to go through the list and you know how he always says I can never make it through a list during one entire segment. No, it was from Gino. <laughs> oh, he's already asking if uh, what pistol might have made it. Uh, if he's listening, I'm going to say uh, I don't think this one I actually I don't think this one actually made it. The one he's asking for. I'll mention it later. But I know what my number one is. What's but they didn't list them as in, uh, you know, number one, number two, number three, number four. This was actually put out by the NRA. Okay, okay. I call it the John Wayne of handguns. In. So, uh, all right, I'm going to go with uh, Diego. What do you think are the uh, ten most iconic handgun designs of all time? Ready to go. <laughs> Smith & Weston. Uh, okay, there, there's a manufacturer. Go right ahead. Keep going. Nine millimeters. Uh, th- All right, you got some homework, pal. <laughs> For you got sure, some yeah. homework, okay, Diego. <laughs> it's not up his tree, okay. It's not his building. What about Aria Carlos? She said you had a few. Uh, uh, well, you didn't write them down, but no, I wrote no, some of mine down. I, I agree with Jonathan. Uh, so, ni- 1911. All right. So wait. Well, but this is the ten most iconic handgun designs. So what do you think's on the list? 1911. What else? Colt revolver. What, what, narrow that down, please, sir. Cold Python. Uh, uh, okay. Sam, uh, Sam, God made everybody. I mean, uh, <laughs> the God single made action equal, SSA? But, I mean, SSA? Is that what you're. What yeah, you're, it's the Colt, the, the original Colt. The, the single action Colt. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Single action Colt. What else? Uh, well, Bill uses that. Uh, Thompson see, Center. Now, we talk a bit. Or a TC that he has with the interchangeable barrels. It's a pistol, so you got to think of the clear, you know, the classification. It's a pistol. So that's and that's my thing. There's so many different, like uh, the, I mean, to me, the Ruger, the Black Hawk, and the Red Hawk are two pistols that are. Yeah, but those are revolvers. Well, that's see, technically those would be revolvers. It doesn't say handguns. It It, says iconic handgun design of all time. So I mean, well, let's go. All right, you ready? Yeah. Your Honor, please specify. So you had, drum roll, you drum had roll, 1911, roll. you had Cole Python, 
Uh, you had the single action Colt, and that was about all the three you guys could come up Glo- with. Uh, the Glock 20. Uh, <laughs> Glock, pick a Glock. Okay, Glock. <laughs> yeah, there's th- two or three of those. That well, are... I mean, you know, I mean, as a gun, as a pistol, sure, why not? Anything else before I get on, jump in here? CZ. Okay. That's actually a really good pick. That would have been one of my first picks. But which one? Hmm. Beretta. Know, the one the guy in Texas uses. What's his name? Razor Dobbs? What? Razor Dobbs. Oh, he uses the 10 millimeter. Yeah. 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 Beretta. He uses stuff to hunt a lot. Yeah. Well, the the CZ 75 and the, uh, you got to remember back in the day, the only two high capacity 9 millimeters that were here in the United States were basically the CZ 75 and the Browning High Power. Those were the two that were that every competition shooter was out there using, and because you know you can hold uh, thirteen rounds in that bad boy, you know you had a big leg up on anybody who was, you know, shooting seven rounds. Well, you're, out of you're, the, so. you're the gun nut here. So Beretta, go ahead. Uh, what's the Beretta military issue Beretta? Ninety-two F. Thank you. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, so uh, these are the ones that I came up with real quick during the break. The ones that I would pick, or at least it would be on my list. Some were some of the ones you mentioned, uh, the Colt Python for sure, the uh, Smith and Wesson Model 19, the Combat Master 357. That one has a great gun, the H and K P7, which was the first squeeze, you know, semi-auto that a lot of cops carried. Uh, also, the Polish Radom number uh, 35, which was one of the first pistols that had a decocker on the side and things like that uh, pre World War II, and of course Glock. And then uh, the other one was the 1911 and the CZ and the 92F were the ones that I put on my list, just quickly. So let's see how close we came to the ones that the NRA picked. Are you ready? Yep. Colt 1911. Hmm. Like, that's a gimme. You know that one was going to be on there. 1911, yeah. of course, it's been around for ever, still is, and made with uh, you know if by they, a million different if they companies. If that, the NRA would get smacked upside the head. <laughs> Probably would be. Uh, CZ-75. Ta-da! I knew yeah. that one would be on there. Uh, one of the best ones right there ever and still made today. And uh, awesome gun. It's uh, a full slide mag. I mean, it's just the way it's made, it's 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 perfect. Beretta 92F. The Beretta 92 made the list. This one I did not put on there, but you own one. The Taurus Judge. Oh, wow. I have one, too. That's on it? Yeah, that wow. was on there, you know, because of its ability to shoot four ten and the forty five Colt. Uh, they thought that was something spectacular, and, and the, so they and the ability to have one of each in each chamber. Yes, yeah, so that they can take do your that. pick, buddy. I, I have a slug and everything. Yeah, and it said, you know, it was one of the first guns that came out where uh, uh, having a handgun with the ability to fire a shotgun shell out of it was very appealing to the masses. Yep. You know, for those for those kind of people, from uh, being a trail gun to home defense to uh, personal well, protection to you got to figure in home defense. That's probably one of the best things in the world because it, you you figure with a shotgun shell, it's point and shoot. It's not like okay, I have to be accurate. It's more just yeah. <laughs> here you go. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, yeah, I remember back in the day. You remember the uh, the black talon rounds, Oof. and remember how the surgeons used to be like. Well, these things are so dangerous, and they they rip in and they tear everything up, and it just we can't save anybody. And and plus, we may get we it may prick our glove, and we'll get HIV. Remember those? Remember all those speeches we got all yeah. from all that? Yep. Have you ever seen the defensive load that they make for that gun for that Hornady makes? 
Oh, yes. I don't yeah. want any of that stuff touching me. I have a few. Especially at high speed. I have a few ki- It's a beautiful so thing. I mean, getting shot with a bunch of uh, spree wafers and pellets is just I'm not sorry. a lot I'm of not fun. A not to, up for not to mention the counterbalance on that gun when you shoot it. It always goes right back to where you need it I because mean, of the it weight. It's very accurate and it, and and it's just a great all around gun. I really I really like it. Next on the list, the Smith and Wesson. Diego, at least pick the company. Uh, Model twenty nine, the forty four mag. Of course, you know Dirty Harry. You know uh, this is Magnum the most powerful Force. handgun in the whole world. And for a while, you know, it was uh, you know the most powerful handgun in the world, which of course has been surpassed. Quite readily these days by one, but the Model 29 basically is the same shape and look. It's just a little bit bigger as the Model 19. So uh, I guess I was close on that. One. I was close on that one. Uh, next one, Glock 17, the gun that literally changed the industry, the P80, and then of course the Glock 17. Uh, you go to any gun counter now, and I explain it to people. I say, do you see all these guns you're looking at right here? They're all pretty much copies of a Glock. Yeah. I don't care if it's a Smith and Wesson M and P shield. I don't care if it's an if it's striker fired and it looks it's it's basically their version of a Glock. It's the Remington seven hundred of handguns. Exactly, almost almost to a T. Uh, so the Glock made the list, and then of course one that I would have never picked, but yet for those that love them, it's very iconic. Is the Ruger Standard twenty two pistol, the one that looks like the old Luger. Mm-hmm. Remember those? Oh, uh, yeah. You know? yeah. And uh, uh, the one that uh, people constantly buy and then show up at the gun shop a week later with it in a shoebox and go, <clears throat> can you show me how to put this back together again? Because I really... I can't. He's not... Uh, you're, the, you got that look? He's not lying. <laughs> no, I've had people who are like, yeah, yeah. It's bad when they walk into an archery shop and ask you those questions. Can yeah. you can you show me? I, I took this thing apart and I yeah I, give it I, here. I can't get it. I cannot get it back together again. Well, of course nowadays you got Google and Go, you can go wait, you wait know YouTube it and they, they have it on there. They go into an archery shop and take that and ask you. They need to be Baker acted. <laughs> well, when they, they, need they let's just say when they know that the guy that owns the <laughs> archery shop is a oh okay. I, you I, know. I just thought you had somebody walk in. Hey, can you show me? Might be there? able to help. You know what? You know it's really sad. Think about it nowadays. What you go if you go buy one of those in night? If you go buy one of those Ruger uh, little semi-auto twenty twos, they're not cheap anymore. They're expensive. But when they first started selling them here in the United States, bomb call thirty seven bucks. Thirty seven dollars. A, ah. a box of ammo costs more than that now. <laughs> Next on the list, Jonathan's pick: the Colt eighteen seventy three single action army. God created man. Sam Colt made him equal. The old forty-five Colt, man, black powder cartridge back in the day. That was your boy. That's the one you see in every cowboy movie out there, pretty much, except for that law, Joseph Wales. Mm-hmm. He had himself some walkers, which were the most powerful handgun at the time. Uh, next on the list, the Walter PPK. I should have never sold mine. Had one of the originals in thirty-two ACP. My name is Bond. Should have never sold it. Actually, James Bond started out with a Beretta twenty five. I know. I just say that because every gun thirty two. Yeah, always makes us mad. Uh, <laughs> but the PPK, that's a great gun. And actually, they brought back the PPK this year in stainless and some other things. So uh, it's been away for a while, and they then they brought them back. A lot of people like they them. Did they now? Was this true? I heard a rumor too talking about Bond that they said they were actually going to do a Bond edition gun for the new movie that was coming out. 
I don't know anything about that, but I'm sure there's a waiting list already for that one. But uh, again, the PBK was one of those guns that uh, a lot I'm of other companies copied. Hollywood that that you know they're allowed to shoot people and all that in the movies and everything, but they don't want anybody else to have any guns. So I was just <laughs> kind of shocked that they were going to do that. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. And the other thing that's iconic about it was it's a single double action. So you fire the first shot double action, then everything from there is, you know, single. Kind of like some of the CZs that were made. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, anything, believe it or not, they just did the blanket across this one. Next on the list, the Smith & Wesson J-Frame. Mm-hmm. I mean, take your pick. From 32 H&R to 22 Magnum to My wife had one of those in 38, and she's mad that to this day that somebody stole it. The hammerless version, yes. I think, is still one of the greatest little uh, pistolas they ever made. And trust me, I beat up Smith & Wesson for almost an hour and a half at the Ellett Brothers show going, why don't you make a three-inch in a J-frame, hammerless, 10-shot, 22 mag, you would not keep them on the shelves. And they were like, can't, can't be done. Can't be done in a J-frame. Can't be done. I go within, take a K-frame and put a J-frame butt on it. How? Thing. I have an ultralight. I have an ultralight police special. That's a great gun. How? Yeah. What do you mean, how, how what? How could they not make it? If well, they could... because there's not enough room in the cylinder. There's not enough room in the frame for it. You understand? Okay, well, then make it an eight shot. God. I don't want eight. I want ten. I want ten shots. Oh, that you're way, one of those people. I want ten shots. Well, why make it eight? If you're going to get eight, you might as well carry a 1911. Get ten shots of a 22 mag, or you want to be it's really scary. It's called compromise. If you want to really be scary, do a 17 HMR. All right, go in the middle. Nine. <laughs> Go in the middle, nine. They do that make way you both are happy. They do make a nine, and they don't make it where it's a ten shot. So blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, get one of them speed loaders then. I'm telling you, a ten shot, 22 mag <laughs> revolver, hammerless, with a three-inch barrel and a J-frame butt on it with a nice he, smooth butt He's like the guy carry. I was dealing with down the lake shore the other night. How you, pop, 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 how you like that? <laughs> you wouldn't own one? You wouldn't own one. Yeah. Possibly. Would you? Would you not? Would you not think that, that would be a, a great personal protection firearm? I'm thinking yeah. that would backup. be a great be a good gun. backup too. I'm just telling you. Uh, or you know, you really want to get angry and you want to be mean? Do That'd it be in a great pig finisher. Do it in a 17 HMR. Do it in a 17 HMR and really be scary. I always had to finish my brother-in-law's hogs off with my nine. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, anyway, that was their list. That was their top ten iconic. Pistols of uh, all time, basically, is what good. they're saying. It's a good list. So good. you got 1911, you got the CZ 75, you got the Beretta 92, you got the Taurus Judge, you got the uh, Model 29 Smith and Wesson, the Glock 17, and the Ruger Standard 22 pistol, the, the semi-auto, the Colt Single Action Army, and then last but uh, PPK Walther, and then last but not least Smith and Wesson J Frank. But they left off some of mine on the list. But that's okay. I was close. I got some of them anyway. So did you guys. You're good. I can't believe the Storm Guerrero and a couple other ones didn't make good it all right. Yeah. H and K. I can't believe none of theirs made it. But anyway. All right. We're taking a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be back.